and welcome to the Meditation Conversation. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and I'm here today with Michael Massey. Hi, Michael. Hi, Kara. <laughs> um, we, I was just reflecting that it's been like almost a month since we've recorded. recorded I know. Which is wrong. I, it's <laughs> called, well, we had some vacations involved here, but it's good to be back with y'all. It is. It's good to be back. And um, I think that I should warn everybody that I am currently sleep deprived. I did not have a very good night's sleep last night. And I'm cleansing and fasting. And uh, so I don't know how much we can rely on me today. Okay. But you're going to, just like always, Michael, you've got to do the heavy lifting. I'm going to do the heavy All lifting. Right? Yes. Well, we got our pollen counts are off the charts <laughs> right now. So. There might you're be still an extra, extra. I know I'm still here in Indiana, right? So there might be an extra sniffle or two. Yeah. And uh, but we'll try to keep that to a dull roar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've got a box of tissues here for Michael, and I have given him some allergy medicine, some homeopathic stuff to try to try to do our best to keep the sniffles down for. Our beloved listeners. I know. I can just unlock the secrets of the universe, but that pollen. <laughs> it just keeps Gosh, getting in the way. Just, just, yeah. I know. You and my son both are stricken with uh, sensitivities to this. Yeah. So here we are, finally, meeting again after a month. Right. And um, so we were trying to decide what we might want to talk about. And we came up with something super cool. I'm very excited about this. What? Yes, we're kind of going to continue our la- from our last couple episodes that we did together. We covered superpowers. So I think the first one we did, um, what was telepathy and... Um, Invisibility? No. It was super strength, I believe. Super strength, yes. Okay. Uh-huh. And then, um, and then it was we did another one where we covered uh, invisibility and um, telekinesis. Telekinesis. Yeah, that's because right. I heard from somebody who <laughs> I got a text that said, uh, "I'm trying to move my curtains with my mind." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" It was out of con. I had no idea what she was talking about. And then she's like, "Because of the podcast." And then I had to scroll back through and. And make the connection, but right. yeah, that uh, cracked We me. recommend people to start with a coat hanger. That's, <laughs> but you know, you could try curtains, Who, but the world's our oyster, Michael. We uh, can, you it's can a try, playground. I guess you can try whatever you like to try. But this is, <laughs> um, and uh, certainly, we're going to about to get into uh, this next topic. And what we're going to cover today is uh, remote viewing. And uh, so, remote viewing and kind of astral travel are actually. Pretty much intertwined. So, if somebody doesn't know what either of these things are, I let's will start. Explain that. Okay. Okay. Well. Okay. So, remote viewing um, is uh, well. It would be when you view something remotely. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you. That's I'm so happy to clarify. Yes. This. So helpful. Thanks. Right. Obviously. Okay. This is uh, without aid of surveillance cameras or anything like this. This is just using through one's own consciousness to be able to extend across um, a uh, uh, your geography or geographic distance to a remote location 
um, whether that's a few miles away or hundreds or thousands of miles away. And then being able to tune your consciousness into that location and actually get a read mm-hmm. of what's there. So this is, uh, um, you know, in days old, they would just call this kind of a psychic ability. Um, more technical term for it is remote viewing. Okay. And um, now, uh, so we'll kind of start there and then kind of extend that out because astral travel or astral projection is kind of a bigger umbrella. But okay. we'll kind of just start with remote viewing. Okay. And in this case with remote viewing, we're, um, we're, we're looking to view uh, a remote location that's, let's say, real or it's mm-hmm. physically okay. here on Earth. And um, I was sharing with you just a little bit story of my first experience with this, which was back in uh, 1997. I was... Which is before any of your awakening, which I, I still am fascinated by. Well, yeah. It's years before. I know. and um, But I've had some pretty prof- profound experiences um, that were, let's say, yeah, pre-awakening. This was, this was 1997, and then I think it was circa around 2000, year 2000 or something. I got like all my Reiki attunements and, okay. and things to be a Reiki practitioner, and um, uh, so... That was like hands-on healing kinds of things. Um, Which I'm finding really funny to think about because I, when I think of those times, I think of you. Were you in L.A. at the time? Like doing your your IT stuff and... Um, yeah, I was all in the tech, technology industry and, yeah. and stuff. But there was there were seeds and desires mm-hmm. um, to... Uh, of... I guess where my life was going to mm-hmm. ultimately go, and such as that that when I began to even get crippled with uh, the arthritis and stuff, this is what well before my so-called awakening as as well. I would um, I was I remember being very sad mm-hmm. because I wouldn't be able to do massage, but uh. I wasn't I wasn't that wasn't on the radar at all. But I remember having that distinct thought. So were you doing massage on the side? Huh? Were you doing massage? At that time, no. No, that was years before I started doing any body work on anyone. Okay. But yeah. then you were a massage therapist? I didn't. It was sort of, yeah. I mean, I know you've done I, I know li- you were I like, wasn't you... licensed, so I, you know. Oh, uh, okay. So, you, you, you know, yeah. Okay. I mean, I know you've done healing, like, hands-on yeah, stuff. Yeah, I ended up I starting, you know, it was like, it was a, you know, Reiki light touch kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then through my initiations and, and, and the shamanic traditions and stuff like that, started learning how to just do touch, you know, quick touch points of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you've seen where I am the so-called ordained minister now, you know, <laughs> of what, <laughs> what, uh, it's like the, um, it's like the Church of the Universe. Oh or yeah, something. no, I am too. Yeah, yeah, me too. Which gives you a, a little bit of a a uh, buffer, 
buffer because yeah. then you can do you basically it's a it's just called a it's a religious practice of yeah. laying on of hands mm-hmm. and that right. so as long as I don't represent as being a yeah you know an L and T or a therapist or that kind of a thing right. I can still do healing work in terms of laying on of hands right okay yeah okay yeah so anyway you were saying I. I took us off track. You but. did. You totally took us on a tangent. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yes, but this was be beforehand. And, uh, um, I had other breakthrough experiences as well, things that I didn't understand until much later, where um, um, that were just kind of along the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess that's, those are all this, to me now, these are just indicators that, this is my life path was to, mm-hmm. you know, is to enter the shamanic tradition and right. do all this stuff. And so I was having experiences ahead of time. Okay. Yeah. So kind of keep the fire kindled. Yeah. Yeah. It's a periodic reminder from the universe is, Hey. Yeah. You ready yeah, yet? Yeah. You ready yet? Yeah. Hey, there's something <laughs> greater here. Yeah. Hey. So, um, so back to 1997 remote viewing, and I had, um, I think I had um, come across some, some, some like CDs that okay. were like meditation CDs. Do and you think is, that we need to tell people what CDs are? <laughs> <laughs> we, pretty sick. Yeah. I know. A compact disc. <laughs> and I, I think it was one of those things, I, it was like $99 for something for this big set of and this is when I first started practicing meditation at all. Okay. And um, and so there were, you know, different discs for different things. And I think one of them was for, you know, uh, opening up to remote viewing or I don't even know if they called it that. Okay. Uh, but that was kind of happening at that point point in my life anyway so I, I I was interested in it mm-hmm. and I don't know how much the CDs actually helped me but um, uh, I certainly can't remember the content of them at this stage mm-hmm. uh, but I remember um, what I was doing in terms of putting it into practice which um, uh, would be everything that you kind of do within a standard meditation right mm-hmm. and uh, which is to Quiet your mind, still your thoughts, tell your mind is, mm, you hit that very, that sublime, mm-hmm. almost kind of void space. And, and then um, there's this point or this threshold where kind of like the, uh, the, the blackness kind of of the, of the, of with your eyes closed. So the darkness there, you can't. Uh, expands out into this spherical kind of yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. it's like everything just, just opens up, up, but it's almost like um, there's a plane. I don't know, like like there's a level to it, but it just all opens up, up all around you. you. Yes, but, yeah, and it's not necessarily like there's anything there. It's mm-hmm. just all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. yeah instead yeah, yeah. of just like I'm looking at the back of my eyelids. All of a sudden, you feel like you're in this kind of yes. this. Uh, it feels to me like um, you would be in one of those like planetariums or some kind of a like a dome, like kind a of? domed, yeah, um, like a um, oh gosh, like yeah. 
like a greenhouse that's like a yeah I think but they have them for like the observatories and things or the laserium or something like that or or some kind of um, the movies that are or even a sports arena kind of a dome dome. type Mm -hmm. of dome thing but what are those movies that are IMAX like an IMAX kind of yeah kind of okay um there's a there was a there was I think some like theme parks or stuff would have this omniscope Mm -hmm. thing Disneyland had one that had a Somehow they had a projection all around you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So it feels yes. something like that, but it's but it's like uh, you can sense that spatially uh, without nece- there's no no necessarily display of yeah anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the that's their launch pad space. Okay. Okay. And then from there, there's the intent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now. Uh, of where you want to put in a coordinate, if you will, okay. of where you're attempting to view. Okay. Okay? And so at this time, I was da- dating this real sweet gal. And um, so, <laughs> so... So I spied on her. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I, this is the way I was doing it with with her is that my intent would just be to find Marilyn. Okay. Wherever she happened to be. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't actually putting in a coordinate of a specific location. Location in okay, geographic location. I was just putting an intent to find her wherever she's at. And so I would just do that. Mm-hmm. And then um it's and it's it's kind of important here too to you kind of want to maintain that kind of that omni scope thing so you don't want to focus try, too much you, yeah. you know as the and um so you just put that intent in and then it's sort of like some pictures start to form in this theater of yeah. consciousness that you've reached in your meditation and so then it's just take you just kind of taking note of those mm-hmm. and and then allowing it to populate say more and more until you get a a, a picture of something okay and so in this case, I would do very, you know, simple things like picking out what she was wearing, um, you know, where she might have been sitting, what she was next to, who maybe I could see like, oh, do you got, it's like, oh, you're with a couple kids or, mm-hmm. and this kind of thing. And then um, I would, of course, note the time mm-hmm. after my overall session mm-hmm. or, you know, and um, then later I, when I talked to her, I'd be like, okay, well, where were you at 1230? Yeah. You know, and then we kind of piece together for, you know, some of the stuff like, well, what'd you wear today? That was easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, the rest of the other details would, would emerge or come out. And it was, it was fun to yeah just do this. And she was kind of a, she was, a. No, I wasn't really spying on. She was a willing participant right, in, right. in this uh, little little game we were playing. 
Now, uh, so this type of ability, and it, it, it worked. Mm-hmm. So it, it worked. Um, and that, for it to work well or appropriately is really that function of you got to hit that meditative calm and mm-hmm. and go into that omniscope thing. Okay. Otherwise, you know, um, I guess, uh, and we'll come back around to, to some of the other ways it might work. But um, uh, now the the we'd mentioned I think on a on a, one of the prior podcasters that movie. Uh, the men who stare at goats. Oh yes. Okay. Uh-huh. So, which is uh, a very—it's a humorous but uh, ironically very accurate take on the uh, the Department of Defense's, you know, psychic what they call the Psychic Warrior mm-hmm. uh, program, and which was to learn remote viewing. And and one of the funny things is like the the this discovery through the intelligence community that the the Russians were into the psi re- research and because they had intercepted a f- false um, intel report that we were into psi research oh. so then they got into psi research oh, okay. even though we weren't doing any psi research <laughs> but now that they're doing psi research based on <laughs> now we are now we have to do psi yeah. research because yeah. Right, right. There you go. That's yeah, life during the Cold War. Okay. That was <laughs> like, oh, okay. Um, and so the DOD did start this program of, uh, and there's been a few different books. Um, and I think there's one of them is called Psychic Warrior. Okay. Um, and that's that was written by a guy that was part of that program. And so there's, and it's so dependent on, in terms of its accuracy, it's stuff that's real dependent on the, the, the quality or clarity of the, of the, uh, the channel. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in this case, and they tend to keep it where, um, if they're going, okay, uh, uh, if you're going to look for, um, a ship. Mm-hmm. What what they would do is they they wouldn't tell you okay we we want you to look for a, a UFO ship mm-hmm. okay um, it would be or a regular ship or a submarine or anything is um, is they would have a way of just giving uh, coordinates. Mm-hmm. And so you have a, like a neutral. It's kind of like a blind study. You go, okay, we want you to look at this mm-hmm. and tell us what you see without telling them what might be there. Okay. And that's how they were mm-hmm. able to develop the program. Hmm. And um, and then it was it was a bit of a hit and miss, but there was enough evidence to su- suggest that this. Is valid. The, the, so there's a legitimacy to it, mm-hmm. um, but it's not necessarily in terms of that program. It wasn't a hundred percent, and so does that mean you're going to mobilize a whole bunch of right? So its usefulness in the intelligence community uh, was limited. Mm-hmm. 
So um, eventually the program was discontinued, and maybe it still runs in a different form, but yeah, that's classified. Right. So, um, mm. hey, let's remote view it. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> let's see if they're still doing it. Just kidding. <laughs> I got better things to do. Okay, so... Um, so this remote viewing, though, is kind of cool because you can do things um, where um, you can, uh, let's say, you want to remote view the pyramids at Giza. Oh, right. All right, so now you go, okay, now this is actually, now we kind of, we're kind of extending a bit into the astral travel. So we go, okay, the remote viewing, what we just described, is actually a built-in ability that we have through our, you know, and, and it has an advanced meditative technique in order to extend or allow our consciousness to travel mm-hmm. around this world. Wow. And yeah. so... Yeah, you can certainly you can pull up your National Geographics or whatever, and you can watch documentaries and YouTube videos on the pyramids at Giza. Okay, mm-hmm. um, but um, or you could certainly hop on an airplane and get you know and go over there. And you may or may not be able to get into the king's chamber or the queen's chamber or something like that. But through remote viewing, through astral travel, you can. Yeah. And so it becomes a very cheap trip. Yeah. And something that you can begin to add into your meditative practice to take it to just new kinds of levels and say oh where do i want to go today i wonder what the weather's like on top of mount everest yeah and then to 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 using this Mm -hmm. method as all of a sudden boom next thing you know you see the himalayas all spreading out around you Mm -hmm. as you sit there on the top of mount everest and then then, um, and it's, and of course, as we've talked so much about the, um, the essence of things, the feel of things, the frequencies and, and, and vibrations, um, of everything in this universe is that there's the kind of the, vi- there's the visual unfolding that you may see. It might be in real great clarity. It might not so much, you know. Okay. It, it depends. Kind of d- depends. Uh, on could, the person? It could be on the person. It could be on just on that particular day, how clear your, your okay. focus is. Um, uh, could be in a, any number of yeah. different factors where you're going to have... Um, different individuals are going to have different levels of clarity according to their gifts and the development of their ability. Uh, also, um, yeah, just then also then there's just the, the cosmic weather of the day. Okay. Right? You know. Mm-hmm. 
and um, whether or not you're distracted, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We already experienced this kind of fluctuation with our meditative practice. Right. Anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah, so now uh, you, you use this ability to plant yourself right into the, the king's or queen's chamber and then pick up the feel. What do you mm. feel when you're there? And you can get yourself a remote attunement from these magical, mystical places. You know, you go to Stonehenge today, and gone are the days where you could walk inside that circle, right? Yeah. And so they've got that roped off now to preserve it, which is unfortunate, but I, you understand. Um, Yeah, remote viewing. Put yourself right in the middle of that. Yeah. Wow, right? Yeah. And that opens up the doors because, I mean, those are just a couple examples. But right. then you have Machu Picchu and whatever, and you've got, you've got temples and, and, you know, or uh, natural features, and, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and in time, then, um, now, now for me, I would generally, there would, there's kind of as this, Let's say as my consciousness is moving, there would be a whoosh. There's a kind of a whooshy whoosh. A whooshy whoosh. A whooshy whoosh. Okay. So All that's right. your word of the day. So you want to be kind of you're like, okay, I'm going to go for the whooshy whoosh. <laughs> and uh, where and this is um, this is in a sense the sensation that we have when our consciousness moves out of body. And this is with astral travel yeah. now. Okay. Yeah, we're kind of... Mm-hmm. All right, so what I'm talking about is like remote... You're kind of remote viewing. And as it comes, you kind of... You can just just go... You just keep an intent to just go there fully, right? So, okay. Um, and uh, this was is you want to do... Hmm, Mostly, you probably want to be in some kind of reclined chair or something or on whatever where you're. You don't have just to hold in case you, up. you don't have to hold yourself okay. up, and you can let yourself freely go. Mm-hmm. Your, your body's not going to fall over or something like that. Just okay. Okay, so and you could look at it as sort of like a, a gradient scale mm-hmm. of like you know how far out you want to go, and don't worry. There's always a. There's always a uh, like a thread. It's like a snorkel tube, uh, uh, that a cord that that connects you back to your body. Okay. All right. Um, but if you if you let yourself go all the way out, it'll become a more and more vivid experience, mm-hmm. and you'll just the almost like a a dream where you're not aware of your mm-hmm. physical body and its surroundings anymore but you're very much conscious awake and alert okay huh yeah so uh remote viewing astral travel they're there's a lot of similarities they're they're in one kind of just really kind of leads into the Mm -hmm. the other but one of the cool things about the obe or the uh, the astral travel the out-of-body experience is um is okay now 
just limited to uh, viewing a fixed point, such as uh, we just use the case of uh, the pyramids of Giza, where you might intend, okay, king's chamber. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then boom, you're there. Um, is you might go, uh, I want to fly over the Grand Canyon. Mm. Okay, now you're moving your consciousness, you kind of remote viewing, tuning your name to it, and then that leads to the, the out of body, the whooshy whoosh. Mm -hmm. And then you find yourself over the Grand Canyon, free to fly around. Mm. So you're not. Yeah. It's not just a static image that's presented to you. You're more of a this. Yeah. This yeah. You're you're like an orb out there. Mm. That's awesome. How's that? That's awesome. Now this is for those who don't know. You know this is. I mean, this is a really awesome thing that we have built in mm -hmm. of talking about self-entertaining. And this is one of the reasons why um, you probably heard me say, like, I don't care if I ever travel. Yeah. You know, again. I don't, yeah, get on a plane again. Mm -hmm. um, that, uh, I don't look to the so-called golden years mm -hmm. as as some like oh, then I can finally retire and travel around and see stuff. No, mm -hmm. it's more like I'm just building up till this like where I've got a uh, a comfortable bed and a chair, uh -huh. <laughs> and I don't really need anything else because of. Everywhere I can go, mm -hmm. yeah, without going anywhere, right. And the richness of the experiences that I could have, okay, so maybe I don't get photos of them, yeah. But hmm. what about the ethical part to this? Because um, I'm I'm just reflecting on. When it came up not so long ago that somebody had said something like you had kind of caught wind and this person was like, oh, had told a story about you and said, oh, and then he went to Texas or Oklahoma or something. And you were like, I don't know where he got that information because I, I didn't go there. He must have been remote viewing me. Mm -hmm. And you said it's so matter of fact, I was like. What? <laughs> For me, that was to imagine somebody remote viewing me was like incomprehensible. And you were just like, oh, yeah, probably he just remote viewed me. But um, I don't know. I guess I'm looking at it from two ways, like the ethics of it. I think, you know, we would always want to be careful that we're not like intruding on somebody that wouldn't want to be viewed or. Um, or spying, you know, yeah. you, you made that joke earlier. Um, but the other piece is, I guess, like if there's any sort of protection, if there, if the, in the case that I just said with you, where it's like you made, you know, you wanted to be separated from that person. And so I don't know. Do you have any, anything yeah. in that realm? Yeah. Okay. So what happens is if something is, um, uh, 
what happens is within like this remote viewing and this astral traveling, anything that's so-called might be off limits for whatever reason appears shrouded. Mm. You just, it's like uh, as you get your little omniscope vision, the thing comes up, but it's just like a, like a gray clouded, like there's, yeah, like a cloud fog covering something. Mm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you just, you go, oh, well, it's, I don't have permission. I don't have permission for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's just, and then Move from on. the <laughs> aspect, if somebody, like, if is there protective measures? I, I don't want to make anybody paranoid, but just, like, you know, if you did feel like you didn't, like, somebody did have that power and you didn't want them to be remote viewing. Yeah, just, just, you just, you just, that's just one intent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all you do is just, yeah, is set your, go, oh, you know. Um, uh, there's different ways you can, different permissions you can set. But you'd be like, I do not want to be viewable by um, anyone I don't know. Or, yeah. I don't want to be viewable by anyone, period. Yeah. Um, okay. Know, and so, yeah, it's part of, uh, you know, like we probably could do a whole podcast or something just on protection armor different different things like that and it doesn't mean that um it's just like life in itself okay is that you go okay well um you don't want somebody to come up and mug you Mm -hmm. right right but muggings do happen Mm -hmm. um so there's so-called uh, violations. Now, there's things that you can do in physicality in terms of uh, one is you know awareness of surroundings and mm-hmm. being able to you know you don't walk down a dark alley at night and you know in the yeah you know in the big city. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's practical things that that you do to protect yourself at a physical level. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's saying really at this at this astral plane level okay. as well. And, um, but it doesn't mean that there won't be people or entities that don't, that try. Yeah. And so this is there, and then it does come down to, um, and even the most, you know, even, it, it, you know, it psychic, so-called psychic or astral attacks and stuff like that, they can happen to any of us. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. uh, you know, and you can be, you can be very advanced and still have, yeah. Have this kind of stuff happen. Right. You know, you just... Yeah. You deal with it. Mm-hmm. And then you learn more and more better how to deal with it. Yeah. And... Yeah. You know, so we've had... Uh, um, you know, in, in the... the, And I don't know if we want to fully go here, but it was, you see, it was when the... Uh, in the awakening, so if you fast forward to um, 20... 2010, 2011, 2013, and the aftermath of that. Now, I was still doing this uh, astral traveling, but what I discovered is that with, in in this period is that when my consciousness was remotely accessing something, 
I could actually interact with it. Hmm. So it wasn't just passive viewing. Mm-hmm. This is the, this is like where I say it gets to the next level yeah. where you're actually traveling there. All of a sudden, boom, then one's energetic presence is literally extended to this other location that can actually do things energetically to that space. Wow. Do you have an example you can share? Yes. There was a really um, bad string of of hurricanes coming up. This Mm. was right around then, 2011 or something like that. And so at this moment, I was practicing, talking about superpowers. Mm. And so um, there are certainly, you know, lots of people, say they, you know, light workers and and, uh, whatnot may um, pray for, you know, like safety from storms or to mm-hmm. dispel the storms or that sort of stuff. It's weird. It's like it's, is as I was traveling through, I would, I would just actually travel out into the middle of the storm and then energetically influence it from there. Mm. And I could see it was weird. It was like all the, those who were, let's say, praying for it, it was like their prayers are going up into this like prayer grid. Mm-hmm. that was like kind of circling around the storm, but then I could access that. And so it was actually then focus all that energy together and just dispel the storm. Wow. And so then I would pop back onto the news mm-hmm. and it was this fun little game of, mm-hmm. you know, it's a category three storm coming out up, oh, you know, now it's down to a tropical mm-hmm. thing. All right. And this is also when I began to um, understand, okay, well, there's, there's actually, I'm not the only one apparently that's doing this kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And there are others, let's say, we're wanting to spin that storm up mm. and employing whatever mechanisms. And so and you could see them or you could just tell based on the well, reports or or I'd see the reports and then it would actually let's say it would increase back up uh, and so then I would go in for another thing and then dispel it and then uh, and it would you know anyways I went back and forth yeah, there's little things that you begin to discover and you go wow wow there's actually practical applications, applications of this yeah and um, so anyways I there was uh, and I I don't tend to uh, very rarely um, do I ever um, manipulate a storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really have to be like really prompted, like like my help is needed. Mm-hmm. I just kind of let things run there, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm with that with most of the. I let the the earth, nature manage itself, and mm-hmm. you know, I don't monkey around with it very much. Um, and but then there'll be occasionally though when you know wildfires out of control or th- mm-hmm. you know certain situations where it's definitely I'm like oh I know mm-hmm. spirits calling me like we need your help on this one mm-hmm. and then I'll do something like this really yeah wow so that's awesome and there are other this is what shamans throughout you know have have history have have done and mm-hmm. continue to do. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, mystical kind of abilities. Um, it, it's, it's not like pure God power. It mm-hmm. can uh, kind of appear to be 
godlike, mm-hmm. uh, but limit. It's still very. It's you know it's it's limited. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, it's sort of like because uh, the shamans that typically do the rain dance kind of thing mm-hmm. to bring rain, which actually does work, uh, but it doesn't work. A hundred percent of the time, mm-hmm. there has to be some potentiality or some energy, something that they can tap into in order to call forth, accelerate, or bring that rain. Okay. But if there's just a dry, dry if it's just yeah. a, you're just in the middle of a drought, you're yeah. There's nothing. There's to, not much there to to amplify to, to or, do. No, yeah. no. But then the shamans may go into, you know, they'll do their peyote or you know, ayahuasca or something, and they'll tap into other planes, mm-hmm. okay, looking for an answer uh, as to why there might be a drought, mm-hmm. or is there an energy at another plane that they can then bring down and then use that to, you know, to create some rain. Um, you know, that's, yeah. uh, that's the thing, but just out of nothing... Yeah. yeah. Still need God. Yeah, still need God for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The penultimate absolute power is, you know, is the creation out of ex nihilo, out of nothing. Right. You know. Right. Mm. Yeah, that's a trick. Yeah. Or wow. not a trick. That's the but that's the, the real stuff. That's the real deal. Yeah. And the rest of us are just playing around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that is fantastic. Yes, but we can have fun playing around. Mm-hmm. And um, so have fun spying on your neighbors, everybody. No, oh. Michael. Just that's kidding. not the... <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Yeah, they can be shrouded anyways. Yeah. Yes. No, actually have fun exploring this world in a way that you're actually um, equipped to do so and meant to do so ultimately. Because mm-hmm. um, it's a it's a beautiful place. Yeah, wonderful. Well, thank you, thank you for sharing all that. That's amazing. I feel I feel the whooshy whoosh. Whooshy whoosh. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Okay. Well, awesome. thank you well, so much. Yeah, yeah, that was really fun. Okay. And thank you for listening. And I look forward to the next meditation conversation. <laughs>